Respect. Sebome. Respeto. Spoštujmo. Respect words. Ithiki dimosiografia ja ti nadimetopisi tis ritorikis tumisus. Etično novinarstvo proti sovražnemu govoru. Il potere delle parole. Respect for worten, respect for menschen gegen hasreden. Atisztelethangján szólunk. Riportok, interjúk, tudósítások a gyűlöletbeszéd ellen. Mi becsüljük a másikat. Respect. La onda local de Andalucía contra los discursos de odio. Más or oko? Erisorok de etikó, ikuene kainte fóha. Ethical journalism against hate speech. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. words. Hello and welcome to this week's Respect Words uh, programs, a series of programs where we look at hate speech from every possible angle. And this week we're looking at the LGBT community. And I'm delighted to be joined by Colette O'Regan, who's the Training and Information Coordinator with LGBT Ireland. Hi, Colette. Hello, Adrian. Oh, hi. Thanks so much for joining me here today. So firstly, I'd like to just go and let you tell us about LGBT Ireland and why it was founded. I believe it was founded in 2010 and um, why and why it was founded. Yeah, thanks, Adrian. So LGBT Ireland is it's actually after growing out of, of another organization. So the National LGBT Helpline was founded in 2010 and that was to fill a big gap in terms of providing emotional support to people who were in need of a listening ear which is so fantastically provided by the Samaritans 24-7. But there was identified to be a gap for people who identify as LGBT and it was taught, and, and different local LGBT groups around the country, Dundalk, Cork and Dublin, had already started lesbian lines and gay switchboards already 20, 30 years ago, actually. Mm. Um, but those were very narrow in their geography reach, you could say. So in 2010, um, there was a, a great kind of coming together of all those local health lines to pool their volunteer kind of hours and their local helplines under a national number. Mm-hmm. And that national number is 1890-929-539. And that's a, a LGBT helpline seven nights a week. Mm-hmm. And it's guaranteed that uh, everybody who, who answers that helpline is LGBT identified. And that just provides LGBT people or their friends or their families with a a very strong kind of connection and sense of uh, common ground when they're talking about issues relating to being LGBT or thinking you might be LGBT or wanting to support someone who is LGBT and and maybe struggling with some issues. So that's the National LGBT Helpline and that was founded in 2010 and then last year because out of the helpline, obviously, we learn a lot about what the issues are. Yes. And with that learning, we were beginning to, to, to offer training to various service providers. And we were also turning that learning into advocacy work. So we took the opportunity last year in June to leg- legally incorporate as a new organization called LGBT Ireland to represent the full breadth 
of what we do. The helpline is still a very, very core part of what we do, but it's not the only thing that we do anymore. So that's LGBT Ireland then, which is actually not even one year old yet. And it's going to have its official launch next week on Monday. And we're delighted that Minister for the Children and Family and Youth Affairs is going to launch our organisation next Monday, the 5th of March. Fantastic. That'll be great. Now, then, through this helpline, have you heard a lot of calls with regards to hate speech, prejudice, um, things that may be happening to people of the, the, the LGBT community? And then mm-hmm. ha- has that dropped off? Has it become any better in recent times? Or how have you seen statistics? Okay, well, I suppose, uh, I mean, in relation to... I, I suppose let me talk first about the kinds of calls that the yes, helpline yes. normally gets, Adrian. So the majority of, of the calls that we get, um, and it's helpline and online web chat service, um, it's, it's generally people who are, you know, wanting to come out or exploring their sexuality, thinking they may be LGBT or LGBT plus or, you know, exploring their gender identity and they wish to have support as Mm. they do that. It can feel like a very lonely uh, conversation to be having just with yourself if you don't feel it's a safe topic to open up with friends or family. So that's where the helpline really comes in. Mm. And then uh, that's that's the majority of our calls. And then the, the, the next biggest topic people call with is, you know, when they're having relationship problems that can be with their partners, girlfriends, boyfriends, mm. with their family as a result of having come out or, well, or, or just normal relationship problems where you're having trouble. And again, if you're not out to your general circle of friends, it, it may be hard for you to, to use your usual kind of social network yeah. to get advice when you're having these kinds of problems. So again, people will call the, the LGBT helpline. And then yeah, there are sometimes health issues about which people call. And then there is there is a small, a lesser number of calls which relate to experiences of violence or experiences of homophobia. And is but that, that suppo- is that a good thing? Yes, I was just going to say, is that a good thing that it's homophobia yeah. is not happening? Or Well, I think, uh, actually, if I suppose we're talking about the, the helpline. So yes. the helpline is some. It's a it's a, it's a place that people call when maybe they're in they're 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 in need of emotional support for a whole range of issues. Mm-hmm. So the fact that violence or homophobia comes up small on the helpline for me that doesn't suggest that it's a small problem mm. because um, if we look at there isn't there isn't a lot of uh, research on hate crime in Ireland particularly hate crime targeting the LGBT community. But the the research I have found, Mm -hmm. um, that was brought out, it's been carried out by the Hate and Hostility Research Group in the University of Limerick, Mm -hmm. together with um, Kenny, Transgender Equality Network of Ireland. Mm -hmm. So since 2013, they have started an initiative called Stop Transphobia and Discrimination. Stop, in other words, the Irish word for stop. Yes. And this this is part. This is the Irish 
dimension of a whole EU-wide attempt to begin to start investigating the level of hate crime that actually does happen Mm. in the various European countries towards the LGBT community. So it, it was felt that hate crime towards other communities, for example, maybe the traveling community here in Ireland or people of ethnic, other ethnic minority status, that was a bit more on the radar in terms of hate crime. And, you know, for the Gardaí and others, they were kind of more quickly spotting that kind of crime and Mm. and giving it that kind of label. Whereas for uh, hate crime committed against LGBT people, it, it really remains quite invisible. Mm. Um, When I looked into this, I I could see that there's not a lot of cases being reported. And actually, the number of cases being reported is dropping. Now, that's not to say that uh, very few cases of hate crime against trans people and uh, gay and lesbian people aren't happening. Mm. Rather, it's telling us that they don't feel there's much point in reporting it. Yes, well, there's no proper hate crime legislation as yet. So maybe that's the problem. Number one, that's an issue. Mm. But, I mean, also, if people, because some people have reported it when they've, you know, suffered serious sexual assaults or Mm. faced threats of of being kind of killed or Mm. really seriously assaulted. Um, So, I mean, in those very extreme cases people have gone to the Gardaí but they just haven't felt like the report has gone anywhere and Mm. has led to any action and you know our community is not a it's not a very you know it's it's a big community but in some ways it's a small community the Mm. way you know Ireland is kind of a small place so word gets round that era you know there's not much point in reporting it's nothing's going to happen Um, And you may not be taken seriously. You may not get a positive, uh, you know, response. And Um, you would think now, especially with the referendum, with the referendum and marriage equality and that you would think that things would be changing for the better in that regard. Yeah, and I I think that definitely some things are changing for the better. There's there's no doubting that. But I guess uh, maybe we could think of the kinds of people who... Um, commit hate crime may not have been people who were really in favour of marriage equality, for example. So it may not have, <laughs> you know, changed their minds in any positive way towards our community. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, I think the real positive in, in, the, in, in the marriage equality um, campaign were the very wide open, you know, conversations and discussions that were happening about, you know, the kinds of problems and discrimination that the LGBT community has faced for decades yeah. in Ireland. And I think there's been definitely a groundswell of of support, you know, in families, friends, youth clubs, schools. It's like at that level, I think, you know, things have got better. People aren't afraid anymore now to say, oh, yeah, my sister's gay or my brother's gay. Yes. Whatever. You know, that fear is gone. That mm. stigma has gone down. Mm. And that's allowing a lot more people to kind of stand up mm. for their LGBT family members and friends. So that's really fantastic. But it I is, guess. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And we see, 
you know, while there are still, you know, young people are still facing difficulties, you know, sometimes homophobic bullying mm. and just, you know, online uh, pressures and bullying. It's 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 a lot. Things are a lot better now. There's there's a lot more awareness and there's a lot greater kind of sense of ease mm. with which people are talking about these issues. Yes. So that has definitely got better, Adrian, since the marriage equality referendum. Mm. But but I think that the, the hate crime issue and and maybe tackling the the kinds of attitudes and behaviours that that commit these kinds of crimes that that still is a huge area of work to mm. be done. And I think a huge part of that is, you know, resourcing the people who who are policing those kinds of crimes. And I, I guess it, it, it's not kind of a new thing to say that, you know, maybe the Gardaí are a little bit under-resourced in terms of policing all of the issues that they need to police. Because yeah. um, I think... What, when when I looked into the, the most recent uh, STAD report from 2014 to 2016, it's really, really discouraging to see that instead of year on year, 2014 to 2016, the number of crimes being reported going up, it's actually dropping. Right. So of, of the 22 reports that were logged in the STAD system, in 2014, only five of those were reported to the to the Gardaí. And then the following year, only one of 20 was reported. And then in 2016, zero of 15 were reported. So this is a terrible trend. Yes. We're really going in the wrong direction there. So somehow, you know, people who are, and it's mostly transgender people who are experiencing a hate crime, in Ireland, um, they're not feeling in any way confident that it's worthwhile to report a crime. And we're talking serious, serious crimes, like I mentioned earlier, rape, mm. sexual assault, um, physical being assault, threatened with knives, mm. harassment. Um, so very, very horrible stuff. Mm. And if I might just say that across on a European context, Ireland actually isn't looking good at all in terms of right. its rates of hate crime, which is kind of shocking because on other on, on other fronts, in terms of LGBT equality and rights, we're, we're so strong. Yes. We're, we're a world leader. People looking ways. on so, think Ireland are so forward thinking. Yes, yeah. yes. And I guess maybe, you know, some of our recent wins are are the vision that we're working towards. I don't in any way mean to say that they haven't been important and they're not important and they're not inspiring. They're hugely inspiring. Mm. And, 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 you know, many, many of us feel like, you know, finally, you know, we're, we're, we're fully equal citizens in our own country, you know. So mm. it's, it's, it's not insignificant in any way what has been won. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, it's really important to say that there's many more battles that we need to win mm. because when we look at on the European scale the average rate of hate crime among the transgender community of about 90,000 people interviewed in, in 2014 was 8% that was the average rate across the mm. EU 
but in Ireland it was 13%. Wow. So we're the second highest rate mm-hmm. of transgender people experiencing, reporting that they have experienced hate crime. And the only country higher than us was Lithuania at mm-hmm. 19% of trans people interviewed mm-hmm. having experienced hate crime. Compared to Portugal, we're only 2%. 2% is still too many, mm. but it's, it's a lot lower than 13% of transgender mm. people in Ireland uh, having experienced hate crime. Mm. And when, when we ask, well, you know, okay, why, why don't people report these crimes? Like I mentioned, they feel, well, it's, it's not worth it. No action will be taken. It mm. won't be taken seriously. Mm. And the third biggest reason why people don't report is they feel oh look it wasn't serious enough to report Mm. and i think that speaks volumes Mm. to the extent to which it becomes so normal for transgender people particularly but also lesbian and gay people to just expect a level of verbal abuse and expect a level of harassment that's Mm. just life if you're different in this way and i think that's also really really sad so there's a lot of work that we still have to do. Yeah. Yes. But it goes down to, I mean, you've been involved in training and information coordinators. So uh, would you be involved in training other people, like even the likes of the guards, to, to train them in dealing with these sort of cases and to not have, maybe to put aside their prejudice that they may have? Yes, we are. I would say we're getting a, a, a growing number of training requests from a wide range of service providers across the country and that's really really encouraging Mm -hmm. and i think that's speaking to what i mentioned earlier that you know there's a real openness now and an acceptance that Mm -hmm. first of all it's fine to want to talk about lgbt issues it's fine that you you can say i want to understand more i don't fully get all of all of what it's about people have kind of lost a little bit of whatever held them back before whether it was embarrassment or whether it was feeling like oh my god if i ask about that maybe people will think i'm gay too and i don't want people to think that about me so you know there's been a a reduction maybe in, Mm. in in a level of stigma so this is really really encouraging so Uh, some of the requests coming into LGBT Ireland are coming from health sector service Mm -hmm. providers which is fantastic and we've had one or two requests from uh, from the Gardaí at the probation level so that's 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 really really good Mm -hmm. yeah that's really really good Mm -hmm. Um, but we would really welcome more requests um, from the Gardaí and we're there to support them in any training and information that they need Mm -hmm. so that they can uh, you know, give better protection and better policing to these kinds of issues. Yes. But I think also TENI, Transgender Equality Network of Ireland, are doing a lot of work um, in these fields as well. There aren't that many organisations in Ireland working on these issues, so we, we work together and pool our resources as much as we can so that we have the, the biggest impact for, yes. for the human resources that we have, which are limited too. And are you part of the uh, National Steering Group Against Hate Crime? LGBT Ireland, as an organisation, isn't. Mm-hmm. Penny is. Yes. But, I mean, obviously, LGBT Ireland would have a 
clear view and we would be making submissions to these yeah. important policy issues. Um, and, and for sure, we would feel that, like right now, like you said earlier, Adrian, there is no um, hate crime law. There's a uh, pro- prohibition to incite hatred. That's the only law we have on our statute books at the moment. It's a 1989 law. And in it, there is no mention of gender identity or gender expression. So LGBT people are are, are completely invisible in there. So, and you know yourself, if you're not named specifically Hmm. as covered by a law, it can be easy then to overlook you and overlook Hmm. your issues in an incident which which happens. Yeah. And you also now, um, you've done up a report on LGBT um, plus national youth strategy. What does that entail or what does that involve? Okay, so so we we actually are at the the, the oversight panel. We are an organisation sitting on the oversight panel of the national LGBTI youth strategy, which and is... And Catherine Sapone, would she be involved in that there? She is leading the strategy. Right. It's her, her Ministry of Children and Youth Affairs, which is rolling out... Well, first of all, it's, it's, it's drafting and consulting and creating the strategy, mm. and then hopefully it hopes to kind of implement the strategy in the coming mm. years. And we should say that is... What you know that that's an example of where Ireland is a world leader. In fact, no country in the world has, if you can believe it, in 2018, mm-hmm. no country in the world has a national LGBTI youth strategy. Wow. Whereas Ireland, we we nearly have one. Mm. It's in it's in its kind of final consultation stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be you know a world leader once once that's finalised and, and being implemented. Right. I guess uh, generally people think youth services and youth strategies cover mm. LGBTI youth. Mm. In some ways they do, but in some ways they don't because in some ways LGBTI youth have specific issues mm. and face extra or different challenges mm. which non-LGBTI youth kind of don't face. Mm. So um, it's, it, I think Minister Catherine Zabone has, has recognised that gap mm. in existing youth policies and youth strategies yes. and she has determined to make sure she fills that gap. Yes. So and would the belong the LGBT- to, have you you've heard of the belong to, that's kind that's of a school right. strategy that's where right. they go into the schools that's and they're right. trying to get them to be kind to each other. Um, is, that's is right. That, yeah. it's, it's a stand up would that be yes, part so of that strategy? Of the, the oversight panel, oh, yes. absolutely. Yes. Belong to are there, mm-hmm. LGBT Ireland are there, mm-hmm. and Tenny are there, mm-hmm. and then different ministries and different kind of youth services, like National Youth Council of Ireland are there, yes. and, and so on. Everybody with a relevant uh, and important role in terms of uh, frontline experience and support and knowledge about LGBTI young people mm. have a seat on that. On That's that fantastic. Yeah. Well, it looks like yeah. things are looking well for the future and um, going forward, we, we, we hope that things will, will improve with regards to yeah. um, the, the, the level of reporting, but also the level of legislation that's there to help 
with hate crime. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. it's been lovely yes. speaking to you, um, Colette, and I wish you, I can't believe that the, the half hour, the 30 minutes is, is coming to a close. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's so much I that you could. talk too much. Not at all, you didn't. No, yeah. no. There were other okay, things that I would great. have gone into, but um, that was fantastic. Thank you so much, Colette, for joining oh, me today. You're very welcome. Thank you Grand. very much for. Oh. for, for, for paying attention to our issues Not and at giving all. us time to talk about them. Yes, thank it's you. good to highlight these these issues and that's what this yes. programme's all about, yes. Well, thank you, Colette, once Thanks again. Thank very much, Adrian. All and the best. Take care, Bye-bye. Take care, everyone. Bye for now from Respect Words and join us again next week. Respect. Sevome. Respeto. Spostuimo. Respect Words. Ηθική δημοσιογραφία για την αντιμετώπιση της ρητορικής του μίσους. Ήτιχνο νοβιναρστό πρωτισοβράζνε μου γόβορου. Ηλποτέρε δελε παρόρε. Respect for Worten, respect for Menschen gegen Hassreden. Ατίστελατ χαγγιαν σόλουν. Ριπορτοκ ίντερειουκ τουδούσιτασοκ αγιούλετε πεσίδε ελλαν. Μη πέτσοιουκα μανασικο. Respect. La onda local de Andalucía contra los discursos de odio. Masar Oko. Ethical journalism against hate speech. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Supported by the Rights, Equality and Citizenship Programme of the European Union.